0: All right, thank you, Lord. That was good, wasn't it? I'm getting pretty blasted today. Today's been a good blast day for me. From the time we came in this morning, we were noticing, man, there's a different atmosphere in here. It's a good new dimension. Hey, listen, I wanted to share before I give you this message, which is not going to be long. Uh, before I give the message, this <laughs> messing with you. Um, last night, the Lord woke me up, and He gave me a vision, and this is what I saw. I saw a rainbow. But I only saw two of the colors. I saw the, you know, there's seven colors in a rainbow, but I saw, uh, let me just tell you that, Uh, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, and violet. That's the seven colors. But I only saw the green and the yellow. Something was blocking the other colors, but I believe that was all I was supposed to see. And, And so the green means life, you know, and the yellow means the glory, okay? And that's what I felt the Lord was saying, that He wanted to release life, And glory upon people. Alrighty. Now, what I felt in the first service, I really felt it real strong. I wasn't planning on doing that, but this, but I'm gonna do it again because it was really the Lord. If you have any green or yellow article clothing on, you can stand, even if it's your underwear. Okay. You can. Will you just please stand up right now? And if you don't have any, and you would just like to get in on this, I'm sort of in. That's kind of how I operate. If I see God doing something, I just sort of jump in on it. You know, I'm thinking, this is close enough. This blue shirt's close enough. You know? Yeah. It's a shade. What I want to do is I just want to release God. What God wants to do is God wants to release His life and His glory upon you. Okay, that's because you know, rainbow represents a promise, an oath, a vow from God that you know that's that's his 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 heart to, to say that this is what's going to happen, okay, so the Lord wants to do that in your life, okay, now, whether you believe that or not is irrelevant to me right this moment. I just believe this is what the Lord was showing me. So Father, just raise your hands to heaven and just get to receive him, Father, right now, we just release that life. And that glory upon your people this morning. Lord, we say let it come down. Let it come down in their circumstances. Let it come down in their family. Let it come down in their heart. Let it come down in their jobs. Let it come down in their ministries. Let it come down in their callings. Let it come down in their future, Lord. Lord, we just call it for tonight. Lord, you're speaking to your people. You're wanting to release life. You're wanting to release glory upon your people. Lord, the Bible says in the last days, it'll be a dark time, but the glory of the Lord will rise upon the people of God. We are pulling on that today. We're pulling on that glory to rise upon us today and that life to come down from heaven on your children, Lord, on your family, Lord. Lord, we declare it today. We decree it. We release it as your sons and your daughters, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, sit down. Let me tell you something else. Okay? So once I had that vision, you know, I was sort of wide awake, wide awake, so I said, Lord, Take me into the heavenly realm. And this is literally what happened. The Lord snatched me up into the heavenly realm so hard, I mean, fast. You know how your stomach feels when you go down a roller coaster to the ship? Literally, it, ha- it scared the fire out of me because I felt physically like I had went somewhere real fast. I don't care if you believe it or not, but I do because that happened and it scared me. But once I was up there and got a hold of myself, I saw... I was looking down and I saw acres and acres and acres of beautiful green pastures. They they, they were lush. They were thick. It was full of life. It was just—it was oozing with uh, that, you know, a fertile place. That's the way I saw it. This is a fertile place. This is a a a place of rest. You know, Psalm twenty-three: The Lord makes me lie down in green pastures. He, we think that's a that's a high level place to be. That's a place where it's fertile. That's a place where you lay down and something comes into you and something happens within your soul realm that can change. And I feel God that God didn't do that for nothing. He did this for us. This is where He wants to take us into a fertile place, into a place of prosperity and a place of blessing. Amen. Do you believe that? Let's just ask the Lord right now. If you want to stand back up, I'm sorry. You don't have to, but it'd be good. I like to stand before the Lord, but you could just stay sitting. It's okay. The Lord doesn't respect any position. You know. You know what the Lord respects? He just respects us humbling ourselves, our hearts. That's all He looks at. But Father, we just believe. There's a. I just feel that word. I feel it's, it's fertile. It's it's like there's this first fertile thing, like a, a woman who is fertile, which is really could be a good thing. Uh, Lord, You want to plant us in a fertile place, a place where we don't strive, a place where we find rest. You said that those who come to You would find rest with their souls and, and all the labor and all the strife and all the issues of life would be at peace, Lord. And so we're calling that forth, Lord. We're calling for that green place, that fertile place, that living place. It was alive. It was the most lush place. It was alive. And I want to declare that over you. I want to declare that over your families. That that's what the Lord Jesus is saying. That's what He wanted me to see. That that's where He wants to take us. Into that lush, fertile, green place. And I want to pray, uh, if you're a woman this morning, and you uh, can't have babies or want to have babies would you just uh come up here right quick and we want to lay hands on you is there any woman in this room who was really desiring a child a baby and you not because I, I feel this fertility thing pretty strong uh i would like becky to come up here but she's not coming for her because she becky wicker does not need to have any more babies i'm just making that announcement but i have a daughter grace who so, Desperate has been trying for four years to have a baby. And she's had two miscarriages. Kara has had two miscarriages. That's in my family. So, I'm I'm mad about that. I think the Lord's mad about that. And so, do you have anybody in your family who wants to have a baby? If you do, you come out here and stand in for them. It'd be better if you are a woman. But if you're a guy, you can stand in for them. But God, is, God wants to release fertility. That's what He's saying. I want to release fertility. I want to make you a fertile place. Yeah. His best friend's wife. We're standing in for her. Somebody, come over here, somebody, for some people help me pray for these. Just lay hands. Father, we saw, I feel the word fertility is just so strong right now. Lord, I feel that your heart is for babies to be born uh, in the natural and in the spiritual realm. I feel this is, this is part of that lush place that you want to release from heaven into our lives and to raise best friend's wife into Kara's life and into into Grace's life, Lord, and any other person who's here. Lord, we just release fertility from heaven. We release the ability to birth, to become pregnant and birth healthy whole children in the name of the Lord. We declare and we break off Satan's uh deadness of womb. We break it off. We break it off, Lord. Uh Lord, we call forth today, like when you spoke to John the Baptist's uh You spoke that that baby into being. When you spoke to Sarah, you spoke Isaac into being. We speak children into being. We speak them into being. We speak them into being. We speak the fertility of heaven that nothing can make it infertile. And we speak healing and wholeness into wombs, into reproductive organs in these homes and make these homes uh, very fertile, Lord, in Jesus' name. Uh, we pray, Lord. Thank you for that. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Woo, mercy, Lord. Thank you for Sarah. For Sarah.
1: Uh, yes, Lord. Yeah. I I was sitting back there earlier when we were praying for Tanzania, and and I got a picture and I just held it because, you know, I just didn't know where to where it would fit in. And then I walked back there to stand near Kara because I wanted to share it with her, and I was waiting for Byron to finish. And he didn't. So, but, but this was the picture, and I feel it's appropriate now to, to share it. And this is when we were praying for Tanzania. I know you're going to minister to women, but I had a vision of a little black child. And the child was laying in a bed, and his legs were like, I don't want to say deformed, but like broken. And I saw, Kara, I saw you reach out to that child and touch that child, and the legs became straight. Yeah. And I feel there's something really significant there. I just, it's something to be, I don't want to try to put interpretation, but I just saw that as a as something the Lord really wanted to put in your heart as far as a healer of children, you know. Yeah,
0: wow. yeah let it be so, Lord. How many people got Maya Florence's email? Maya's, y'all know Maya? Uh, she's in uh, Haiti. You know, she's, uh, you know, we prayed for her a few weeks ago. She's been there. She came back. Her brother, Michael. Well, Maya sent a uh, letter out, and there was a, a baby died in her arms. A little baby died in her arms. Uh, and it really did something to her. It just radically did something to her uh, to cry out for God. to, Because to, she looked in this baby's eyes and saw the suffering this baby was going through just moments before, minutes before. The baby died she and then she was trying to get the baby pedialyte because it was dehydrated and once they gave the baby it drank some and then then it just died and she had the baby and was waiting on other people to come help and then the baby the baby died went to be with the lord but it really impacted her in a powerful way and uh, i just believe that you know that word that steve just shared and, and that god has a heart for these children in these places uh that he really wants to reach little children He really does, and that's the Father's heart. That's what he's into. He's into helping his children. And I believe we can just ask the Lord right now, just like Maya prayed, for the kingdom to come uh, to to save these children's lives. Lord, we ask you to do that for Maya and in Tanzania and other places in the world. We ask you to do it in Jesus' name. Argentina, Lord. We are asking for the kingdom of heaven to come and the will of God to be done that children would be saved and children would be delivered from darkness. And we thank you for the Father's heart. Because where the Father's heart is, there's also the Father's power. And there's the Father's authority. And we're calling out for that today. We're calling out to that. We're calling out that for babies. We're calling out that to save children's lives. We're calling out that we're, when where these teams go into dark places, that light would come. We're calling out that they were our own homes and our communities and our families. We're calling it out, Lord, today for the Father's heart, the Father's love, the Father's power, the Father's authority to heal and set free. In Jesus' name, Amen. All right, I said it wasn't going to be long, but I, it was long. I want to, I'm going to do this quick though, because, because I'm tired. Y'all wearing me out, man. Church works me to death. mean, I love it though. You know, somebody said you couldn't get, you weren't supposed to get tired when you get with the Lord. But those are, are Presbyterians who get under the affluence of the Lord. They don't do anything, so they have this theology about it. And the anointing comes, you shouldn't be tired, It's because you're just sitting there. And that's okay. I'm I'm liking people who sit there when the anointing comes. Just stay in it however you can. But I do stuff, you know. But uh, let me read this Scripture to you and talk to you just briefly about this Scripture and a couple other ones. Uh, Revelations 5, verse 6. It says... Well, I can tell you, I've got so much to say. I'm not going to say all this other stuff. I'm just going to stick with this because I'm going to get carried away. I had all I want to say is I had this very interesting week where I was with these two guys. One of them was 94 years and hadn't been to the doctor since 1938. He was a missionary in India, okay, uh, for many in the 40s when there was a war over there and saw people killed. He saw many men die on many days. Uh, and I'll just tell you this one story about this guy. Okay, I want you to hear. It. I love this story. This guy, there was the Muslims and Hindus were fighting each other, and they had mainly swords and, and knives and clubs and rocks is how they were killing each other. And they were vicious. And he said the one of the ways the Muslims loved to kill people was either slice their throat or gut them. And he saw a lot of people get their throat their heads literally cut off by these sharp swords, or whoosh, their gut, you know, their just. But one day, this Muslim had him and had a sword up to his neck. Okay, and was going to cut his throat he was going to cut his head off basically, and he says you ne-, this is what he says you never know if you're a brave man or not, okay, until you get in those situations. He said, but something inside of him rose up, and this is what he said to the guy, go ahead and cut me and see what happens to you <laughs> and he said it for it looked like it was he said it felt like an eternity. The guy just stood there, and then the guy had sort of a half cracked smile. And walked off. <laughs> that was one of his many stories, but that was a testimony of the power of God, you know, in a situation where the power of God rose up and saved this this man's life. It's pretty remarkable. Two of these guys, remarkable men and fathers in the Lord. But I won't go ahead, or I could tell you uh, they've told me. I mean, I let, we sat for two days, all day, and listened to stories, and after after story after a story of the glory of God and the power of God. Okay, I mean, it was powerful. I mean, very impacting. Anyways, Revelation 5, 6, this is impacting. And I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne, and of the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb as though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are seven spirits of God, sent out into all the earth." Okay, so this is talking about the lamb that was slain, and notice it said that he this lamb that was slain number one was standing up. most lambs that are slain or most anything that are slain, slain is not standing up, right, but I was saying about the scripture, Jesus said, I was dead, but behold i 'm alive forevermore amen, and that 's what John was seeing in heaven but I love that. But notice also it says that He was in the midst of the throne. In the center of the throne was the Lamb. And the center of the elders was the Lamb. And the center of the four living creatures is the Lamb. And I told you a few weeks ago about a book that I read that was written 150 years ago where it was called Nine Days in Heaven where the woman was, went to heaven for nine days and she said that the cross... Was the center of heaven and everything center, and and that's what she was seeing. She was seeing the the lamb that was slain. Okay, that's what she was seeing. And the lamb that was slain is the center, the center of heaven. It's the center of all things, really. And this really is our center. And what God is trying to release, I believe, I've said this over and over. That there's a revelation of the cross. There's a revelation of the blood of Jesus. And when the Bible talks about the cross and talks about the blood, it's talking about the intense suffering and violent death of Jesus. Paul himself, if you study some of what Paul and uh, Peter said, they talk about the Christ must suffer and rise again. They, wouldn't, they didn't even mention the dying because they included that in the dying. that the Christ must suffer and rise again. So God is releasing power to the body of Christ through the message of the cross. He's releasing power because that's what the Bible says. That's where the power source is for us. It's the, the message the cross. Of the cross, it's the message of Jesus's intense suffering and violent death, and somehow there's this transfer of of power that can happen in our lives. So we are seeing a time, I believe, where God wants to bring the cross back into the center of, of our lives, the center of the body of Christ, and we're go- and because of that, there's going to be this power, this release out of the church It's going to be incredible. Well, uh, you know, I have been going through these seven things that Jesus said on the cross. Uh, and I talked about, you know, one, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. That's the first one. The second one was, uh, the, somebody know what the second one was? Rachel Murdoch knows what it is, right? Today you will be with me in paradise, okay? And there you go. Uh, and, and today I want to give you this one in John 19, 26 through 27. But I want to remind you of this. I want to. I, I keep wanting to say this. These words came at great cost to Jesus because Jesus was dying. He was gasping for breath. He was in intense pain. So these words were coming out of a man who who was struggling, but he wanted us to hear them. You know, it was the the, the he wanted us to get these these words. So this is what he said. The third thing he said, and these really are in order of how they actually happened. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing by, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. That's, that was one of his words. And then he said to his disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her to his own home. That's just marvelous. Uh, so the first thing I wanted just to get out of the way, not this not important, but the first thing that's obvious to me, is Jesus was in His you know, dying moment. He was in His suffering. Everything was going wrong with Him. Yet He did not quit being concerned about the needs of other people. Right? And so you see, what I, this is the truth about everybody in this room. This is the truth about me, truth about you. When we get in our intense moments, what we want to do is we want to batten down the hatches and forget everybody else just so we can get through the moment of our life. And it's a big mistake, okay, because we're missing something. You see, Jesus, He's he showing us an example that even at our worst moments, even in our lowest moments, we can't ever forget that there's other people around us, there's other needs around us. And if we will allow the love of God to flow through us in those moments, if we, it'll, it'll actually help get us out of our situation quicker. It'll actually help deliver us, From you know the the bad spot we're in, a lot of people. This is an example that all of us have been guilty of. It's financially. How many people have you been a giver? But suddenly life fell apart and your money was tight. What was? What did you do? You quit giving. You quit. You stopped ignoring the needs of others instead of realizing that God has a principle that as you release. Even in your moment where you have nothing to release, you release the little you have. It opens the, the heavens' windows to, to pour back into you because God's looking for that flow of life. And whenever the flow is stopped up, the life quits coming. It really does. And, and that's financially. That's emotionally. That's in any area of our life. And so Jesus wanted us to know on the cross, what He's telling us, "Don't, you know, don't pull back in your, your lowest hour. Don't." Don't cut your heart off. Don't shut down. Amen? That's good, isn't it? Well, the other thing, which is, to me, more important. Now, really, what I'm not trying to do here is I'm not trying to give you some theological understanding like I had any theological understanding. Uh, you know what I'm saying? But what I'm really trying to show you is how... Well, here's, the, the, here's what I'm really doing. I'm just sharing this from my life. Okay? Okay? I'm just sharing what God is doing in my life through the blood and through the cross and how He's applying it to my life. Okay? That's all I'm doing. So I'm not giving you theology. I'm giving you what I believe is a true biblical experience and, tr- and it's truly, you know, from the heart of the Father. So, so this is the thing here, okay, that He's talking about that I believe is the value of relationships in our life. Okay, that relationships in in the eyes of the, of the dying Jesus, relationships are foundational to our life. Okay, and they and, and so much so that he t- made sure that we heard that from the cross that 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 there's vital relationships in people's lives, key relationships in people's lives that he he is telling us these are important. You have to make sure you pay attention to these relationships. You have to make sure that these relationships are taken care of in your life. Because if you don't, something's going to happen. Let's look at Psalm 11, verse 3. It says this, If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? If the foundations are destroyed. And there's probably nothing more foundational in any person's life than relationships. It is one of the key foundation uh, pillars, of key foundation stones in every human being's life. Okay, and what the psalmist was saying, what David was saying, if those relationships are destroyed, there's nothing that we can do. Our, the foundation of our life, your destiny, your future, your dreams, your hopes, your cause, all depend on your foundation. Because if you don't have a good foundation, you have nothing to build a life upon. Right? And, and, and what he was saying, if this thing, if the relationships, if you find in your life, when you look at your foundation, if you find cracks or if you find loss in relationships... That's a destruction, and there's really nothing you can do unless you have, make sure those the foundation is repaired or restored. And the Lord is very much into that. So um, I think one of the things that... Uh, well, let me just share my personal experience on that, okay, on relationships. Um, and I'm want to read this scripture to you to sort of put it in context about how much... How foundational relationships are and how they can completely alter your life for good or bad. Okay, let's look at Second Corinthians seven one. Are y'all good? Second Corinthians seven one. Alright, here's a scripture that a lot of preachers fail to remember that's in the Bible, therefore they preach this thing that's not true. Okay. And here's what I've heard people preach hard and I'm talking about really spiritual men saying that there, we cannot have any kind of defilement in our in the in our spirit. We can in our soul, we can in our flesh obviously, but not in our spirit, but obviously they're they're wrong because Paul said otherwise. Paul was in, in chapter 6 of Second Corinthians and made these promises. And part of the promises that God was saying to, to, to the human race, to the human beings, to us, that He wanted to be our Father and He wanted us to be His sons and daughters. And that He would accept us like that and we could have that relationship like that. And then Paul says, after that, he says, Therefore, you know, based on having these promises, Beloved, isn't that cool? It, now, he was really being sweet to those Corinthians. He wasn't sweet to him a couple a couple chapters earlier. Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh. Well, that's just your carnal nature. That's easy, right? I mean, heck, we can all line up on that one and realize that we've got to get rid of some of this carnality in our life. All filthiness of the flesh and spirit. Did you see that? And, filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of the, of the Lord, of, of, of the fear of God. Um in other words, that word filthiness could be corruption. It could be uh, contamination. Okay? Con- your spirit man being contaminated. What Your spirit man is your subconscious part of you. And, it's- and it literally is like the control room of your life. Every decision, every emotion, every thought, every feeling you have, ultimately, your spirit man hidden behind everything going on in your life is directing those decisions and meaning your life is being directed by your spirit man, okay? And Paul was saying the necessity that if your spirit is contaminated by something, you've got to get it out because you will be directed in the wrong way. You will make the wrong decisions. You will come to the wrong conclusions, okay? Are y'all on board with me on that? So what? This is my little testimony, okay, Uh, with my dad. Now, I want to say this. my dad's not he's gone he's in heaven he's been in fact i had a dream i saw him in heaven and talked to him and he was looking good you know he was young and sprighty uh and i love my daddy in fact i love my daddy so much i worshiped my daddy when i was a little boy i loved him i think i've told you before how my daddy when he would he i remember he was working second shift and i would throw a fit when he was going to leave to go to work and he would get in the car he would drive me in the car from the backyard to the front yard just to get me calmed down because I wanted to be with my daddy. I loved him. I adored him so much. He was was everything to me. He was like God to me. Well, this is what my dad did, okay? Or this is what he didn't do. And I didn't know this, okay? My daddy, once I left home, which I didn't leave home good, but I left home, and then it wound up being good because I got saved and got married. But my daddy visited me one time in my life, came to my house. And the only reason he came was to get my children, take them, you know, the grandkids. And my daddy never came to our church, never came to hear me speak, and never, never asked me one word about my ministry, ever. Now, this is what I always thought. I always thought, that's just the way it is, okay? That's just the way it is. And I never thought anything negative about my daddy over that. What I did is I stuffed that down in, into me, okay? And I stuffed it, and I stuffed it, and I stuffed it. And guess where it wound up ha- lodging itself, it lodged itself down in my spirit man. And my relationship with the Lord mainly and with other people were greatly influenced by that thing that I did not even, I had no conscious thought of that being in my life. Zero conscious thought. Until one day, after I had been asking the Lord to put His blood down in my spirit, and I've said that, you know, and I've shared some things that's come up like unforgiveness and resentment, Those kind of things. Well, one day, after i having an intense discussion with my son over some stuff, this came out in me that I realized that God began to show me that that's what my dad did to me and how much it really hurt me, okay? Because I never felt like my daddy accepted what I was doing. I felt like he rejected what I was doing. I knew he loved me, but for some reason, I just... And so my whole relationship with people was affected... Okay, let's be honest. If people rejected what I was doing, there's something down in my spirit, down in the control room, that was contaminating me, telling me that, giving me certain responses. Are you following that? I mean, a person who understands that better than me, all I'm doing is I'm just telling you what God's done. So when He showed me that, okay, it was a flood that came out of me, a flood of pain, a flood of hurt in me that I did not even know that was in me. I did not have an, a judgment against my dad. I did not have an accusation against my dad. I was just realizing how that hurt me and how that wounded me so bad for my daddy to do that to me. Okay? And it really did. Uh, let me say this. I have never... that's the scripture, the first thing Jesus said, the Father, forgive them. Remember, I share that on the Father's... Sin. But the other part I didn't say to you, or maybe I did, for they do not know what they do. You see, my daddy did not know what he was doing. Okay, and that's what, and I want to make this point. Jesus, this is crazy. I don't really, well, I ain't going to say I don't agree with Jesus on that. I'm having a hard time. Them guys knew what they were doing. They went after Jesus viciously and maliciously to kill him and destroy him, and he said they don't know what they're doing. This is why he did that. He did that because there's nothing. He nothing anybody can do to you in this world. I don't care who you are. There's nothing they can do to you that you can't say the same thing to because nobody has went after you like that and, and spit in your face and beat you over the head and, you know, all the things we've talked about. Are you following that? I understand if a woman was raped by a family member. But even here's the power. They do not know what they do. Some, the Bible even says some people think they're doing God a favor by doing certain evil things to you. They don't know what they're doing. So I never felt in my heart against my dad when the Lord began to show me that about him, that he did that to me. I was not angry with him. I was not, had to deal with unfairness, but I did have to deal with the hurt of it and the pain of it. And I realized how it was affecting my relationships. Okay, you, you see what the, the David was saying? At the foundations... Are destroyed, what can the righteous do? See, that's a foundational relationship in all of our lives. Our relationship with our daddies or our mamas or our brothers or our sisters or somebody that's really close to or our spouse, our children. And you see what it'll do to you if something is messed up and it gets down in you and it begins to make you... And so I got it right. I I was I got healing. It was amazing. I got this healing sitting on my porch at home when all this started coming out. Poor Becky, you know, you know she had to go through this misery with me. I mean, crying like a baby. I got, but I got this healing. God healed me. He healed me of that thing and got that filthiness out of my spirit. He he removed it out of my spirit. I'm telling you, it was it was like he did it. And here's what happened to me. This is literally what happened to me. I began to instantly begin to sense emotions and feelings from God the Father. I have never felt in my life. Instantly, I begin to feel when I would sit down, I felt God was like, and I know this sounds crazy, I sat down to be with the Lord and I felt He was happy. That here you are, you've come to be with Him. I'm so happy you're here, Byron. I felt His happiness towards me. That, That suddenly, I don't have to think subconsciously in my mind, does God care about what I'm doing with my life? Because my, obviously my daddy didn't. Because he never showed it. So in the back of your mind, unconsciously, does God care? Does He really care? Am I pleasing to God that little thought back there that's working on you and causes you to do stupid stuff? Yeah. God took it away from me. And it changed my relationship with Him. And it's changing my relationship with some other people. You know, because suddenly this filthiness, this this being contaminated is being removed out of my life. That's powerful. I'm telling you, it's powerful. And you see, that's what Jesus was talking about when he was talking about how important relationships are. Because they can get down in you and you have a crack in your foundation of your life and it's going to disable you in your life. It's going to mess you up. You know, who knows why my daddy did that. Maybe it happened to him. Who knows? I don't know. That's, that's between him and him and the Lord. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So, you see, Jesus was down on the cross and he was telling us something of vital importance about relationships. He was telling us something of vital importance about life. That if, you, if you're messed up in these areas, your life is going to mess, be messed up, whether you know it or not you are consciously going to be scared you're going to be subconsciously steered in directions your emotions are going to be steered in directions your thoughts are going to be steered in directions that are not him and ultimately it can steer you away from him okay and so this morning the lord is saying that he wants to deliver people that he wants to pour his blood down in to your spirit okay and something can happen Something can happen in your life. Something can happen. That was a big one in my life. You know, the things I shared with you about resentment was, was, was really good for me. It was really good. The things I shared about not having unforgiveness about people, that was really good. But this, you see, this affected everything about me. This affected every relationship I think I have on this earth because my relationship with my daddy, there was a foundational flaw in it. I didn't even know existed. And only by the mercy and grace of God when I said, Lord, I said, please apply your blood to my spirit. Please cleanse my spirit of any filthiness in there. I want to be free. And he started doing it. And I'm telling you, he healed me instantly. I was instantly healed. I didn't need to go to a counselor. I'll, I'll tell you what, I ought to have went to a counselor if I had to, to get, if I had to be talking through it. If that needed to be, I would have done it and not thought twice about it. Because I realize this is a this is a gaping problem in my life. So what I want to do, this is the end. What I want to do is I want you to pray with me, because I'm asking you to do something. Okay, and I'm not I'm not asking you to do it one time. I'm asking you to do it and 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 do it. Is begin to ask Jesus to put His blood into your spirit every day, or put it you know like I've. the blood on my mind a bunch these days because my mind, all these thoughts that are trying to torture my mind coming against my mind. Lord, just let the blood come now. And I've shared with you, I'll share it again, And seeing Jesus with that crown of thorns on His head and those men beating Him over the head with those sticks and saying, Lord, just put that blood on my head. Put it on my mind so my thoughts can be aright. I think right. But putting it down in your spirit is really key because everything coming out. So I want you you to stand up, if you will, and I want you to repeat this prayer to me. It's a simple prayer, but really what I really want you to do is don't just do it here this morning. Do it in your life with Jesus. Make the blood, make the cross something in your life that you're constantly, often, bringing it into your heart, bringing it into your mind, bringing it into your life. And I'll tell you something, the power of God. See, I'm giving you a testimony about the power of God. I'm giving you a testimony about God revealing something to me that I had no clue was in there and Him instantly healing me of it and instantly changing my relationship with Him. Instantly. Instantly. So I'm just telling you something. If you want to have a better relationship with God, if you want to have a better relationship with people, here's my one-step method. Ask Him to put the blood into your spirit. And keep asking Him. And let Him cleanse your spirit of contamination things that have contaminated your spirit. So just pray this prayer to me. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you that Jesus died on the cross. Thank you that he suffered. Thank you that he died a violent death. But Lord, here I am today. And I'm going to receive. I'm going to receive the power of that violent death. I'm going to receive the power of that suffering into my life. I'm asking you to take your blood and put it into my spirit. And anything that's in my spirit, any contamination, any, any filth, I'm asking you to wash it out. I'm asking you to bring it out. I'm asking you to bring it out and cleanse me of it. And free me of the effects. And Lord, I promise you this. I will cooperate with you. I will not get angry. I will not accuse you. I will not accuse the persons or situations that put that filthiness in me. But I will bow to you. And I will get healing. And I will get deliverance. And my life is going to change because of the power of the cross. So Holy Spirit... I welcome you now. I welcome the cleansing power of Jesus. I thank you for that. Lord, I say, Repair the foundation of my life. You've exposed our foundations, Lord. You've shown me areas where I had cracks, but you're healing them now. And I believe my life is going to change, Lord. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. We bless you right now, Lord. We receive you, that in the name Lord. of the Lord. Lord, yes, I just speak Lord. your blood over these people this morning. I speak deliverance. I speak life over them, Lord. I thank you today for the power of the cross, Lord. I thank you for that. Lord. I thank you for the healing power and Jesus'. And Lord, I just love saying this. I thank you for the power in Jesus' violent, violent death. And intense suffering. I thank you. I agree with what Paul. The Christ had to suffer. He had to suffer. And rise again. And we declare that in our life. We declare the suffering. And the resurrection power. Of the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives today. Oh we thank you for it Lord. Woo. Thank you Lord. Bless you Lord. And so we're going to pray for you. If anybody would like prayer. More prayer for sickness. Because the blood can heal you of any sickness. There's no disease. There's no ailment. There's nothing. There's no mental thing. There's no physical thing. There's no psychological thing that the blood of Jesus cannot reach. And I'm believing in in the power of the blood. I'm believing it today. Relationships, whatever it may be in your life, if you would like more prayer about that, we would love to pray for you. Otherwise, I want to pronounce this blessing over you that the Lord told Moses to put the name of God on the children of Israel. Literally, place the name of a heaven on a people. And it's one we all know because we've heard it all our life. I can remember as a boy hearing it and being thrilled because church was over. <laughs> Little did I realize somebody was releasing something. It says the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord let His face shine. Hey, receive this. The Lord let His face shine on you. I'm talking the face of heaven, the face of the King. The Lord be gracious to you. The Lord lift His countenance upon you. And the Lord give you peace from now and forevermore in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.